My name is Adam Bishop, and I am super excited to be with you. I've been looking forward to this day for uh, quite some time because anytime I come back to North Star, it feels like uh, coming back home. This is where it all got started for me in ministry. As uh, Mike, your lead pastor, mentioned uh, many years ago, uh, started as a middle school pastor 19 years ago this summer. It's kind of hard to believe it's been that long. So many of those students are now married, raising their own kids, and we were over across the street. We were still meeting at North Cobb High School when I started years ago. I remember when we moved into this building and our first service here, and it has just been incredible to see all that God has done in this church, all that God continues to do, and uh, I believe that the best days are still ahead. God still has a lot to accomplish through this church, and uh, I'm grateful you are here today. So we're in a teaching series called Family Circus, and we're going to talk today about how to make memories together as a family, and uh, Mike mentioned earlier my parents, and I'm going to be referencing them a lot today, talking about some memories we built along the way, uh, talking about how we try to do that now with our kids as well. But I thought before we jump into the notes, it might be fun to show you some pictures so you kind of know the people we're going to be talking about today. So the first picture is us when we were growing up. So uh, that's when we were little. That's my dad, uh, Eddie, there on the end, my younger brother, Chad, my sister, Nan, and that's me. And yes, those are braces and an Elmo hat. I'm not sure what was going on there. A little bit of a phase. And so uh, that's probably about middle school. Now mom's taking the picture. So these are uh, pre-selfie stick days, and so she's taking the picture with this weird thing called a camera, I know. So like she's taking the picture, she's not in the picture, so that's kind of what it looked like growing up. The next picture is uh, my family today. So uh, that's my wife, Morgan, which I also met her here. I probably should have mentioned that. So the most significant thing that happened in North Star, sorry babe, I love you. So Morgan and I met here, and uh, we've been married now 16 years, three boys. Uh, Sam, the oldest right there by me, is nine, Jacob is seven, Henry is three. Whatever comes to your mind when you think a three-year-old named Henry. Yes, that's right. He's active, okay? So we have a lot of fun these days. That was really funny. Y'all got to laugh at my jokes, all right? Listen, all right? I mean, I drove a long way to be here today. I'm kidding. So uh, not really. So anyway, those are my kids, and uh, we have a lot of fun together. And the last picture is all of us, big extended family now. So uh, this was this past Christmas. So uh, my parents, Eddie and Ludell, they're on the end. My sister, Nan, her husband, Jason, they have three kids. My brother, Chad, his wife, Amanda, they have three boys as well. They live at the beach in Florida, so their boys all have blonde hair. And then we have three boys. And so if you're counting all of the kids, my parents have nine grandkids, eight of whom are boys. So it's a little active, and we all praise God for Claire, right? The one girl in the family who keeps everybody straight. And so we're going to talk a lot today about them and about families and about memories. But before I get into all that, let me just say this up top. Maybe you're here today, and you're like, really? We're going to talk about family? Like, I don't have a great family. That's awesome that you have one. I don't. And I can understand that. And let me encourage you, maybe before you kind of check out and think, man, I, you know, I, I really can't believe this is what we're talking about today. That if that's your story, it's a reminder of why God gave us a family, why God gave us the church, why God gave us each other. See, in the New Testament, when someone places their faith in Jesus Christ, they receive two things, a new identity and a new family. And so God has given us a family through the church. And so even if that hasn't been your reality up until this point, the church can step in and provide those types of relationships for you. And when we talk about family, when we talk about the foundation of family, there's a passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6 that we're going to look at today that really brings light to this. Now the context of this passage is that God's building a nation that the Hebrew people have been rescued from Egypt. Moses has led them. God parted the Red Sea. They've settled land, and now God is giving them some instructions for how to live. 
And oftentimes we refer to those instructions as law from the Old Testament. And the heart behind God's law in the Old Testament was so that we could see how to live in community with him and how to live in community with one another. And so God's building a nation. He wants to make sure it gets built on the right foundation. And isn't it interesting that we read this passage all of these years later and we can still see its relevance for us today. So I'm going to read this and then we're going to spend the rest of our time today unpacking it for what it means for us today. Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So what is that passage really saying? Well, if you're taking notes this morning, there are some notes in your worship guide. Let me encourage you to jot this down. The big idea from this passage is that we establish what is foundational, and then we use every available opportunity to reinforce this with our children. So what is this passage saying? Well, establish what is foundational. Love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength. In the New Testament, Jesus said, and love your neighbor as yourself. In the New Testament, we see that Jesus gives us the gospel message to now proclaim. What is the gospel? Jesus came and died for us in our place. He then defeated death through the resurrection. When we place our faith in him and experience salvation, we're promised eternity with God in heaven forever and purpose on our life here right now. These are foundational things to our lives. And before we talk about our kids, before we talk about grandkids this morning, let me just kind of encourage all the adults in the room for a moment. It's important for us to make sure we've established what is foundational. See, we cannot pass off to our kids or our grandkids what we do not possess. And oftentimes in life, it's just easy for us to forget that. So we establish what's foundational. We love God with our heart, soul, and strength. And then we use every available opportunity to reinforce this with our kids. That's all this passage is saying. The examples that it gives are examples that people in that time would have understood. They would have been able to identify with it. And, and so what I want to do today is to try to get as practical as this passage is, but practical for our modern times. And if we try to reinforce what is foundational with our kids as like one more thing we need to do, it'll just get pushed aside. But if we recognize the rhythms that we all kind of live our lives, in, what we can begin to see are opportunities to begin to integrate this idea into how we just kind of go about this thing called life. And so I want to kind of share with you today four rhythms that all of us kind of live in, and then hopefully see some opportunities in those rhythms to reinforce what is foundational with our kids. So if you're taking notes, let me give you the first rhythm to recognize. There is a daily rhythm seems obvious, right? We live this thing called life one day at a time, but there's a daily rhythm to our lives. There are things we do every day. That's what this passage is talking about. Like when you sit, when you walk, when you, just things that you're doing, how can you incorporate the things of God into that with your kids, with your grandkids? So let me give you kind of one example. When, when we were growing up, my parents every night would do something called like a family devotional. Now, we didn't call it that then. I don't think we called it anything. We would just kind of get together and read a few verses from the Bible and pray. And when we were little, they didn't have a lot of great kids' Bibles back then, so they had to kind of, you know, work at it. But I'm so grateful all of these years later that I can say the first place I ever read the Bible was my own home as a child. And so we would read it, and, and we would pray together. And as we got older, it really kind of started to look more like a small group. 
from about the eighth grade on, um, we were in a small group. Now, I grew up in a great church, but we didn't have small groups. It was a Sunday school model. But in hindsight, from about the eighth grade on, I was participating in a small group every night just in my own home led by my parents. I mean, we would sit and we would talk about what's going on in our life. We would pray for one another. When we had friends that would come over and spend the night, I was always hoping we would skip it that night because I thought that would be kind of weird. But oh no, my parents would still do it and invite them in. And I thought this is going to be strange until my friends would tell me later how much they enjoyed it because they'd never experienced something like that. And we didn't do it every day, but it was a goal that as much as possible, we could do this. And it just built in this daily rhythm of establishing what is foundational. And so obviously Morgan and I, we try to do that now with our kids. We don't always get it right. We don't always do it every day. We don't always know exactly what to do. And there are some great resources out there now. There's little videos you can watch online. There's some great kids' Bibles. Our favorite is the Jesus Storybook Bible. So once your kid's getting about elementary school, that's a great one to use. If they're younger, then you might want to grab another one. But that one's the Jesus Storybook Bible. But they have some for little guys and toddlers as well. And, and we just try. And we're just making an effort. And these days, the uh, principle that we're really trying to instill in our boys is the idea of gratitude. Just being grateful. I mean, all of our kids and grandkids, like, who live here in this area, they're doing great. I mean, compared to the rest of the world, we are incredibly blessed. And I don't want my kids to recognize what we need to be grateful for that we realize that every day is a day the Lord has made, so we rejoice and we are glad in it, as Psalms say. And so every night when we do this, they have to share one thing they're grateful for, only one, and it has to be from that day. So what it does is throughout the day, it helps them look for things to be grateful for because they know they're going to have to share that night. But can I tell you what else it does? It helps me. I mean, I'm like you. I have good days. I have bad days. And truthfully, this last year for us has been a tough year. I've had more bad days than good days, is what I'm trying to say. And there's many days I don't want to talk about what I'm being grateful for, but let, here's what I know is going to happen. At night, Sam and Jacob are going to look at me and say, what are you grateful for? And I got to be ready to share. So when we do these things with our kids, it also reinforces things with us as well. Now, sometimes it gets sideways, and it's going to, right? You just got to go with it. Like Henry, our three-year-old, we're trying to teach him how to pray right now, okay? So when Henry prays and he gives what he's grateful for, these days when he prays his prayers, and this usually happens every night, Henry says, you know, dear God, I'm grateful that I got to watch Sam and Jacob play Lego City on the Nintendo Switch. Seriously. I don't know what that says about our parenting. That's what he's grateful for, okay? I want to be grateful for the cross, grateful for the resurrection. No, he's grateful for the Nintendo Switch. So you go with it, all right? He's three, and then Sam and Jacob start laughing in prayer, and we lose the whole room, right? So, like, it doesn't always go according to plan, but the idea is that you stick with it. The idea is that you are consistent daily. Let me give you the next rhythm to jot down if you're taking notes. There is a weekly rhythm to our life, a weekly rhythm. So what are the things we do every week? And how can we incorporate this idea of establishing what is foundational, reinforcing it, with our weekly rhythms? There's a lot of things I could talk about, but I'm going to talk about church because being together in church is something that we do every week. We're at church. I'm a pastor. I love church. So we're going to talk about being at church together as a family. Now listen, you're here. Like it's Memorial Day weekend and you are actually at church. You get like brownie points in heaven. It's a random Old Testament passage, but it's there, okay? So this is awesome. Like great job. Like you're doing it. And it can be hard, right? I mean, there's so many things going on. How do you make regular church attendance with your family a priority with so many different things competing? I get it. But I gotta tell you, I'm so grateful that my parents made that a priority. 
like I have so many fond memories of growing up in church. And, and when I grew up in church, like there was Sunday morning church, Sunday night church, and Wednesday night church. Like we, we had to go to church a lot more often, right? But I loved it. Great memories there. And, and what my parents recognized was that their kids needed to see that they could become a part of something bigger than themselves. That's a huge thing for kids to see. Not only that, not only do we see we can become a part of something bigger than ourselves, we see that there's actually a place where we can belong. Do you know your kids are looking for somewhere to belong? Your grandkids are looking for somewhere to belong? And the church can provide that place. And see, here's the thing about kids. They're going to find somewhere to belong. They're going to find someone or some group to belong too. So if we don't provide them with healthy opportunities, more than likely they will seek unhealthy ones. Because God created this in us a sense, a need to want to belong, to be known, and to know others as well. And so God gave us the church. And, and another reason God gave us the church, parents, is to remind us we can't do this on our own. Parenting is challenging. Being a grandparent is challenging. So we encourage one another. And so all of these great things happen when we are in church. And being in church was a priority. And I'm glad you're here today. I would encourage you to continue to make it a priority. But I'm going to say something that probably won't land too well. But I'm only here for a day and I get to leave. So if you don't like it, I love you anyway, all right? So here's the thing I'm going to say. Just kind of hear me out. Don't throw anything at me, okay? When we were growing up, my dad was kind of old school. And what I mean by that was he didn't let other things keep us from going to church. So like all three of us played sports, and like if practice or a game got scheduled on a Sunday morning, like I never even had the thought that I was going to miss church to go play in the game. Like I knew, like you're missing the game to go to church. You just tell the coach, like I won't be at that game. And you're like, that's heretical. I know, that's why I asked you not to throw pins at me. Okay, so that's kind of how that would go. Now 30 years ago growing up in Kennesaw, it's a little different than growing up now. And now there's things that are available that weren't available then. I mean, there's, this service is being broadcast live online right now. We didn't have that back then. So you don't want to be legalistic about this. You don't want to be heavy-handed about this, but you still want to establish the priority. And you may have to try to figure out how to do things in more creative ways, but for him, that was a value. Now, I think he knew something, okay? I've never asked him this question, but I think in his infinite wisdom, my dad knew none of us were going to be professional athletes, Okay? Now, he didn't tell us that because he was a good dad. He was nice, okay? But, like, I think he recognized that's probably not in the cards. What he did see is that we could possibly still be involved in church as adults. It wasn't guaranteed. I mean, just because we raise our kids in church doesn't mean they're going to be involved in church as adults. So what he wanted to demonstrate for us is that this should be a priority, and he might have been on to something because now all these years later, like, you know, we're, we're involved in the church. We bring our kids to church. And he might have been on to something because all three of us, you know, played sports over at North Cobb High School. We weren't really that good. But sports were an opportunity for us to share our faith. We prayed before games. We were involved in FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so sports was an avenue. It was fun, but it wasn't the end-all, be-all. And so it's something you just have to figure out. There, there's no formula. There's no simple answer. You sit down, you talk to other parents, you, you get wisdom, and you figure it out. And every now and then there's a kid, like we got a kid at our church over in Winder, and he's like the number three prospect in the country as a junior in high school, okay? So, I mean, he's playing in tournaments like representing America, like overseas. That's a different deal. So again, you're not legalistic about it. You just want to move forward with wisdom and make sure your kids grow up understanding the value of being in church. Let me give you the next rhythm that we all live in. It's an occasional rhythm. So occasionally, so occasionally, 
life gives you an opportunity to do some unique things. To build what is foundational, reinforce it with your kids. So what do I mean? Well, like, things that you don't really plan. It just, it just happens. And when it happens, you see it, and you take advantage of it. So like, my dad, every now and then, he would check me out of school and take me to lunch. I always wanted him to check me out when, like, science class happened. But he would check me out at lunch, and we would go eat lunch. He'd bring me back. Not all the time, but occasionally. So we tried to do this, you know, Morgan and I, and, you know, figure it out. So sometimes she'll take Sam to lunch, just the two of them. And maybe later that week, I'll take Jacob to breakfast. Again, it's just not like a pattern. It's just when we can do it, okay? And my dad uh, would also do things like uh, take me on business trips with him. Now, again, like a handful of times growing up. This wasn't something that always presented itself, but when it did, he would do it. So I remember he took me on a trip um, one time. In fact, what kind of sparked the memory was a few years ago, they were packing up their house, getting ready to move, and we found this like little journal from when I was like in the fourth grade. My mom saved everything. So like a little journal from the fourth grade, and I read the journal entry, and it was all about one of these trips that I had gone on with my dad. Now, the journal entry didn't say anything about where we went. The journal entry was about how we had gotten to eat the world's greatest hamburgers, okay? Because we had eaten at Fuddruckers on that trip. Now, I was just glad I spelled Fuddruckers right in the journal, right? So I was like, getting in trouble for that as a fourth grade kid. So like I was, some of y'all get that joke later. So I was kind of glad that I had done that. And, and as a fourth grader, like, I hadn't figured out marketing. I hadn't figured out advertising. Like, I literally believed they were the world's greatest burgers because that's what the sign said. And that's what I chose to write a journal entry about. So clearly, it meant something to me as a fourth grade kid. Just things that we don't often think about. And so I've tried to, like, figure out, like, when are chances to do that? And some of us have careers where we can do that. Some of us have careers where we— Like, if you're a surgeon, don't take your five-year-old into surgery, right? So, like, there's kind of certain things you can look for. And so about a year and a half ago, um, I was going to have to take a quick little trip. We were living in Denver. I was going to have to fly out to Los Angeles for, like, an overnight thing with some pastors. And I thought, this, this would probably be a good opportunity to take Sam— my oldest. And so we had some sky miles built up, and so Sam got to go with me. And so we had a great time. And so while we're on the trip, we, we knew once the event was over, we had the rest of the day to do whatever we wanted to in Los Angeles. And so we wanted to go see the Hollywood sign. And if you've ever been to Los Angeles, like usually, like you can kind of see it off in the distance, but it was raining like crazy that day. It was overcast, it was cloudy. You couldn't see anything, but we, you know, we weren't going to be deterred because we have this awesome thing called Google Maps, right? So like I just punch it in, Google Maps on my phone, and we trust Google Maps with our life, and we start driving, and, and we start driving up this mountain, and I'm thinking like, okay, cool, we're kind of getting there because the Hollywood sign's up on a mountain, and we keep driving, and we keep driving, and, and then we see like this, this row of cars that are parked. I'm like, all right, this is where we need to park, so we pull over, we park, and we walk up the rest of the hill and we get there and like there's this big parking lot and I'm thinking like we're supposed to see like this big sign that says Hollywood and we turn and instead of seeing the sign I brought a picture this is what we saw at the top of this hill now I had no idea what that was and the picture doesn't do it justice this is gigantic so I go up to like a guy in the parking lot who's like working there and I'm like what is that and he looks at me like you weird tourist and he's like that is the Griffith Observatory I'm like Need a little bit more? And he said, astronomy. Have you heard of astronomy? I'm like, yes, All right? So it's kind of like science. And so I'm like, what do you think, Sam? So like we walked over there, we went in there and they had a planetarium, which planetariums were awesome because you sit in this chair and like it feels like you're going through space and you see all these planets and, and, and we're like watching it. And the whole time, like we're just thinking like, isn't God incredible? That don't we serve a big God? 
like that God created all of this. Now, the guy giving the presentation, he didn't talk about God, and I didn't want to correct him. I thought that'd be rude, but it was still pretty awesome. And then for the rest of the day, we were talking about this, and about halfway uh, through the day, before we had to leave and go back to the airport, Sam looked at me, and he said, hey, Dad, like sometimes when you get lost, you end up having the most fun. And if for the rest of his life, he remembers that, that trip was worthwhile. Like there's so many days, I don't feel like I get it right as a dad. On that day, I was like, yes, thank you, Lord. And it was just because this one little occasional thing presented itself. So look for those opportunities. And who knows, you might end up in a place you never imagined building a great memory with your kid. Let me give you the last rhythm that we all live in. There's an annual rhythm. So annually, what happens in our life? And these, these are probably the most noticeable because annually there are certain things we do. Holidays, let's just talk about that for a second. Like I hope holidays come, Christmas, you know, family, kids, grandkids, they're a part of that. There's things we do and we should. I mean, and that makes it enjoyable. But let me kind of give a word of caution. Like have some flexibility with that. Like sometimes there's families and, you know, they do Christmas the same way every year at the same house with the same people doing the same thing. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The challenge is when that kid grows up and marries someone else whose family did the exact same thing. And now they got to figure out where they're going to spend Christmas. Like World War III breaks out, right? And I've seen a lot of marriages like really get in some trouble because there just wasn't flexibility built in. And some of you are like, wait. What do you mean? That's what I mean. All right, so like it happens. So just build a little flexibility. That's all I'm saying. What other things that happen annually? Well, like we all pray that eventually our kids will give their lives to the Lord. And we want to let that be their decision. We don't, you know, try to manipulate them to do that. But when one of our child uh, experiences salvation, that becomes his or her spiritual birthday. So we can celebrate that every year. And sometimes it's hard to remember, like, what was the exact date? I forgot to write it down. I thought you wrote it down. Well, we have this great thing called baptism. Baptism isn't what saves you. Baptism is how you show everyone else that you've given your life to Jesus. And it's an event. And if you haven't been baptized yet, I would encourage you to do that. So you annually can celebrate their baptism. And Sam was baptized on March 12th. So every year on March 12th, we can celebrate that. So there are annual things that happen that can actually be opportunities for us to simply reinforce what is foundational. And then let me also talk about like annually trying to take a trip, a getaway, a vacation. I know that can be hard because it costs money. And, 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 you know, you look on Facebook and it seems like everybody goes on these great vacations except you. Like, it's just hard, like, to try to figure out how am I supposed to do all that. And, and let me just maybe give a little bit of encouragement. Instead of focusing on the amount of money that you might have to try to figure out how to spend a vacation, because that's going to be different for everyone. But we can all choose a certain percentage of our income that we will allocate for that. And just think about that for a second. So we allocate percentages for retirement, for college funds, for all these other things. Why not have a percentage that you allocate for vacations? And it may only be one or 2%. Well, then you at least have a number. You have something you could work off of and, and you don't have to spend a lot of money to get away to build great memories. And, and it's important that we do this. I mean, I never went on an elaborate vacation growing up as a kid, but I have great memories of going on trips and doing stuff together as a family. And we try to do that with our kids. And we, you know, don't go on elaborate trips, but we try to make it a priority. And we go on vacations, not because we hate our jobs, not because we hate our life, not because we're just trying to escape it all. We go on vacations to build memories. We go on vacations to make the memories that later we will tell the stories about and that we will be able to recall. 
and that we will be able to talk about. And so let me just encourage you. I know that one's challenging. I know that can be hard. But sometimes just sitting down at the kitchen table and having a conversation about it begins to show you some options that maybe you didn't see before. So we've talked about a lot. Like, how do you build these things in? There's rhythms, daily, weekly, occasionally, annually. Let me kind of give you the big takeaway from everything we've talked about in this message today. See, making memories from the right foundation builds a closeness that will endure. So what's the point? Well, why should we put forth all this effort? Well, when we make memories from the right foundation, it's going to build a closeness that will endure. We were actually all just together yesterday. Morgan, me, our boys, my sister Nan, her husband Jason, their kids, my parents. We were all together yesterday, and here's the kicker. Nobody made us show up. We chose to be there. Like, I want to hang out with my parents now that we're adults. And like, I think every parent's desire is that that would be true. That one day when my boys are grown and they're adults and they can choose to spend their time however they want it, I hope that they'll still choose every now and then to come hang out with us. And, and please don't miss this. The word closeness is not the same as proximity. We get that mixed up sometimes. We've lived in New York. We've lived in Colorado. My brother and his wife live in Florida. We haven't always lived close to one another with physical proximity and closeness, but we are close. There are plenty of grandparents and parents and kids that all live within 10 minutes of each other. They're not close. So don't get hung up on the proximity. When you make these memories on the right foundation, it builds a closeness that will endure for the long haul. Listen, you may be here and you may be thinking, well, that's great. <laughs> Sounds like you grew up in an awesome family. Sounds like you got a really good guide for how to do this with your kids. But man, my window has closed. Like that season of my life is over. Like I kind of missed my chance to make all of these great memories with my kids or with my grandkids. And, and can I just encourage you for a moment? That phrase, making memories, there's, there's two words. Memories are things that have occurred, have occurred in the past. Making is this idea that there are still things we can do in the future. So there are still memories to be made. And so oftentimes when we hear a message like this, it's easy to focus on what didn't happen in the past and let, us ro let that rob us from what could be in the future. Please don't let the enemy do that to you this morning. There's always time to start. There's always time to begin. There's always time to sit down and say, hey, moving forward, things are going to look different. We haven't done as much of this in the past as I would have preferred, but from now on, here's what it's going to look like. So please don't hear a message like this today and focus on what didn't happen in the past. Ask God for what could occur moving forward. And then anytime we ask God to help us see that and help us put that into practice, simultaneously we acknowledge that we can't do this on our own. Again, so many times we hear a message, we really want to do it, and sometime by about Wednesday it hits us. Man, I just, I just, I can't do this. And it's at that moment that we feel like that we have failed. Can I tell you that's the moment that the Lord wants to take you to? because you acknowledge that you need him. That God never asks us to do something that we are capable of pulling off on our own. So as we seek to put these things into practice, we also acknowledge our need for God's strength in our life. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? 
as we come to him this morning and ask him to help us do that. So God, that is our prayer, that you would help us to establish what is foundational. The Lord, for many of us, we have built the foundation of our homes and our families on things other than what you say is of utmost importance. Lord, maybe today we could start and do something new. God, for many of us, we haven't always gotten it right in the past, but Lord, maybe today, moving forward, we could seize the opportunities you give us now. And Lord, in saying that, we come before you and declare that we need your strength, that we need your help, that Lord, we can't do this on our own. And Lord, in saying that, we declare that we need one another. And Lord, I'm so grateful for a church like this that allows people to get real with one another and say, I could use some help. Lord, may that be our cry. Because Lord, ultimately we realize that there will be a day that our kids and our grandkids will be the leaders of our culture, of our society, in every field, in every walk of life. And Lord, we have such a short season to build foundational things in them. Lord, may we see that as a great honor. And Lord, may we seize the opportunities you give us with our kids and our grandkids. So Lord, we thank you for that great honor. We thank you for our time together today. And it's in your name that we pray these things. Amen.